goodness, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler, this is Strong Opinion Sports, thank you so very much uh, for tuning in. Today is, what well, at least for a couple more minutes, it will be, uh, a couple hours I guess, it will be Wednesday, May 16th, this will not release until Thursday, so I sadly have to tell you, um, because it will not, it will, it will release after the Rockets and Warriors have played, I will not be discussing that game until Friday. But I do want to start with this. I want to start with basketball because last night, last night the Boston Celtics beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 107 to 94. It was a, it was a frustrating game to watch. It was painful. I, I'm a LeBron fan, and uh, I, I somewhat can't even defend LeBron James after this game. I'll say this. The Cavs' defense was terrible. It was so frustrating to watch for so many reasons. One of them was this. Everybody except for LeBron. LeBron James was giving effort the entire game on defense. Uh, and, and I hate to say it that way. I don't, I don't mean to always side with LeBron, but it's just the truth. LeBron James was pursuing people. He was trying to block shots, contesting shots, doing everything he could. But the rest of the Cavs' team just gave awful, awful effort. It was embarrassing. It was hard to watch. There was no help defense. They were not rotating. They were not contesting shots. It was a mess. And in one of my notes I took down, I was like, how can effort, how in the world could effort be an issue at this point in the NBA playoffs? How can you get this far all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals and struggle with putting out effort? Effort is just a choice. That should, I just, I don't know how, oh man, it feels like the Cavs gave up. It feels like the Cavs said, yeah, you know what? Maybe this is the thought process. Maybe the Cavs feel like, you know what, we can't beat the Warriors, so we're just not going to try. I don't know. I don't know. I, I will say this. I want to talk about LeBron James. Here is the scenario. There were 10 minutes left, and the Cavaliers were down 11 points. And I thought to myself, this is the moment. This is the moment when LeBron James must take over. He's going to make it happen. He's going to win this game for the Cavs. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and it never, ever came. LeBron James never, ever came through. LeBron James never made it happen. I kept waiting for it, and it just didn't work. It never happened. And I, I just, I remember thinking, like, man, too many people not named LeBron James are taking shots. It was weird. I mean, the Cavs kept jacking up shots. They would do these, LeBron would take the ball up, he would do one outlet pass, and a guy would just jack up a terrible shot contested. It was ugly, man. It just, oh, I'm so disappointed. I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated. I really thought that we were going to see the Cavs bounce back in game two, and that is just not what happened. I thought the Cavs were going to bounce back. I thought LeBron James was going to take over with 10 minutes left. Neither of those things happened, and that just sucks. It was sad. It was frustrating. It's really hard to have confidence now. If you're rooting for the Cavs like I am, I, I don't know. I don't know how you have any confidence in the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're down two to nothing, and the Celtics have a far better coach. I I just it is LeBron, like it's still LeBron James, but when there's effort, when, when you are concerned about a team's effort, see, it'd be one thing if it was LeBron James, and even though everybody sucks, they're giving it their all. It's LeBron James and a bunch of guys that just don't appear to be trying. That's concerning. I don't know how you overcome that. Even LeBron James, I don't know how you overcome that significant problem. And, and I do, I want to point out, maybe it is this. Maybe the Cavaliers feel that even if we do somehow beat the Celtics, we're not going to be able to beat the Warriors or the Rockets. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's the truth. But because I want to remind you of the University of Central Florida and Auburn. Last year, Central Florida beat Auburn in a bowl game. And if you remember, it was because Auburn just barely missed the college football playoff. And, and Auburn had a complete lack of effort against UCF, and UCF beat Auburn. Effort's basic stuff. I, I don't, I just, even though you can make an argument, well, maybe the Cavs feel like even if they win, they're not going to have a chance in the finals. doesn't matter. How can you be a professional basketball player at this point in your career, at this level, and not be putting forth the best effort? Because effort is just basic stuff. And it looked like the Cleveland Cavaliers completely checked out of the game. Actually, it was funny. NBC Boston, uh, NBC Sports Boston did a, uh, a segment last night called Useless Cavs Players, uh, Useless Cavs, and it talked about how you know some people were just not involved. I just, I don't know. You look at the stat line, and 
The Boston Celtics had six turnovers on offense. That's such a low number. If you don't know, I mean, I think late into the fourth quarter, the Celtics had only four turnovers. And I just wrote it down. I was like, man, that's unbelievable. So few. And part of that is because, you know, the Celtics have incredibly good coaching. They play a clean brand of basketball. And part of that is simply the Cavs' effort on defense was awful. The Cavs were not going after live balls. They were not... They just weren't putting forth the effort it takes to win a playoff game. I don't know. It's not over. The Celtics-Cavs series is not over. But if you're rooting for LeBron, I, mm, it simply doesn't seem hopeful. It doesn't seem... I'm not excited. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a lot of faith in the Cavs right now. And it's very concerning. I know it's LeBron James. I know he's overcome odds before. But it's hard to believe in LeBron right now. And uh, especially if the Cavs don't bring forth their best effort. And I mean, not just shooting wise, not just percentage wise. I mean, they got to bring effort. They got to hustle on Saturday in game three. And if they don't, if they don't hustle, they don't put forth effort on defense. The Cavs are in trouble and the Cavs are not going to beat the Celtics. Not at all. I don't know. I just, I just, I, I just repeat, man, how, how do you get to this stage in the NBA playoffs and have an issue with hustling, hustling and effort? Like really? Really, this isn't sixth grade basketball, guys. I just don't know. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about, I made a list of the top 10 teams in the NFL coming up next season. I, I did a, I'm fixing a poor topic. I did a topic uh, called the eight teams I believe could win a Super Bowl. So I'm going to tighten it up. I'm going to fix it, make it a little better. Partially is because that's because of the Mark Ingram incident. We'll talk, we'll talk about all that later. We're also going to talk about and debate The Dallas Cowboys. I believe the Dallas Cowboys should sign Dak Prescott to a long-term deal. I'll make my case. You can hate me. You can like it. Whatever. But I think it's an interesting debate. We're going to talk about Josh Rosen. I'm going to tell you where I believe LeBron James should go. I believe LeBron James should actually join the Boston Celtics. And then later, we will talk about Blake Bortles. Remember, if you like strong opinion sports, you can subscribe to this channel and this podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube as well as my best, most interesting clips. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like Strong Opinion Sports as much as I do, help me grow this channel by telling your friends about this show. Share it on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever it is. Help me grow Strong Opinion Sports by telling your friends about this show. Oh, man, I'm nervous. It's weird. It, it's <laughs> Everybody I live with is home right now, and so I have this added pressure. It's like they're listening. I know they're not. They don't give a, f- a crap about me, but uh, it is, <laughs> it is uh, It's intimidating. For some reason, it, it's weird for me. Um, I want to talk about the Giants. The narrative is that the New York Giants – sorry, the narrative is that Giants fans seem to believe that I hate the New York Giants, and I don't. I, I just, I've been highly critical. Hey, remember when you decided not to draft a quarterback, what you said was we believe in Eli Manning and we believe Eli Manning can take us not only to the playoffs, but compete for a Super Bowl. Because otherwise, if you're not going to compete for a Super Bowl, you should have drafted Sam Darnold. You should have drafted a quarterback that you could build for in the future. And I, I want to re, it's like the fourth time I've quadrupled down on this topic. I looked at the Giants' schedule. <laughs> Oh, man. The Giants are in trouble. The Giants are... It's very concerning. I want to read you the first seven games the Giants will play in next year's season. The first seven games for the Giants go as followed. They play the Jaguars in week one. Then they play the Dallas Cowboys, the Houston Texans, the Saints. The Giants will play the Panthers, the Eagles, and the Falcons. Do any of those teams sound like games that the Giants could win? I don't know. I think it's very possible that the Giants could start the season 0-7. 0-7. Now, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. There's always surprises. It's still the NFL any given Sunday. So let's, let's assume, you know what? The Giants are going to come out of the first seven games somewhere around 2-5. and five. That's, I think, a realistic, reasonable prediction. You know, remember the, the Saints don't have Mark Ingram in the game. They play them. And you got to assume maybe that the The Giants can steal a win here or there. I don't know. But man, so not only could the Giants possibly start somewhere between 0-7 to 2-5. 2 wins. After the first seven games, the Giants could only have two wins. 
But then you look at the rest of their schedule. They play the 49ers, the Eagles, the Titans, the Colts, the Cowboys. It's, ooh, it's not good. It's really not good. I think it's it's highly possible and highly likely the Giants are only going to win six or seven games. And that's a look at their schedule. I think it's a pretty reasonable six or seven is maybe even generous. I just, ooh, man, I don't know. Remember what I said. I've said this many, many times. When the Giants decided to pass on Sam Darnold, they were making a statement that we believe Eli Manning can take us not only to the playoffs, but Eli Manning can help us compete for a Super Bowl. Because if you're not going to do that, you should have rebooted. You should have drafted a quarterback and reset your franchise, built around a new young quarterback. And I look at their schedule, oof. Dude, it, it is just not happening for the Giants. It is just, I don't know. They have an incredibly tough schedule. The Giants have such a tough schedule that even a great team, I believe, would struggle in the first seven weeks of their schedule. And I don't, I don't think the Giants are great. I don't think the Giants are even very good. I mean, remember, the Giants had the second overall pick. Do you, do you not remember? Does nobody seem to remember? The Giants only had three wins last year. I know they had injuries. I know they had this and that. But uh, I, I think with everything they added, you got a running back. Like, awesome. I think, it's a, I think Saquon Barkley is a fantastic running back. But running backs, last time I checked, they don't win you games. And I think the Giants are going to struggle to win games. Giants fans, you can get mad all you want. Like, Giants fans, I know they're, yeah, Zach, you're such a hater. We hate you. We're angry. Do whatever you want. But look at the schedule for the Giants. Ugh, it's, it's really concerning. <laughs> I, I, have, I have no faith in the Giants, especially once I looked at their schedule. I already didn't believe in the Giants. It's worse than I thought it was. I, I just cannot believe that the Giants decided to commit to Eli Manning. That just seemed like such a bad, bad decision. All right, so the New Orleans Saints running back Mark Ingram was suspended four games for using performance-enhanced enhancing drugs. He got he got caught using PEDs, basically. And if you remember earlier in the year, I made a list of eight teams I believe can win a Super Bowl. So now I want to, given this new information about Mark Ingram, I want to talk about hey, does Mark Ingram being suspended for four games. Does that change my opinion about the Saints? And so I decided I'm not just going to make a new top eight. I'm not going to change. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to revamp the list. I'm going to make it right and do a perfect, probably not perfect, but I'm going to do this segment the right way, the way I should have from the beginning. I'm going to give you my top 10 teams in the NFL. As of now, it is May 2018. As of May 2018, Immediately after the Mark Ingram suspension, these are my top 10 teams in the NFL. So again, this will change. This is subject to change. It's May 2018. There's a lot of time between now and August and even more time between now and the Super Bowl. But these are my top 10 teams. It will change. People will get hurt, suspended, traded, yada, yada. But I think I think updating this list, updating the top 10 is going to be quite fun because as things change, we'll we'll check back in. How does... Is the list changed now because of this guy or this guy? It's going to be really fun to keep following through and keep checking back and updating my top 10 list. Currently, my number one team in the NFL right now is the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, if you look at the roster for the Philadelphia Eagles, it is unbelievable. They just won a Super Bowl and they got even better. They added more people. They added good people in free agency. They added good people in the draft. I mean, they got... They got Michael uh, Michael Bennett, they got a good tight end in the draft. Not to mention, quarterback, the most important position in all of football. The Eagles just won a Super Bowl without their starting quarterback. <laughs> and Carson Wentz, their quarterback, should have won a Super Bowl last year. I think the, Dow- the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the NFL right now. They're terrifying. I love what they're doing. I don't know how long they can keep their roster together, but what the Eagles are doing right now, in 2018, the Eagles are scary. And I love, I got to say, I love the Eagles general manager. Howie Roseman, he's gutsy, he's smart, he is fantastic. The Eagles are my top team in the NFL. They are number one. For the number two team in the NFL, I want to stay in the NFC with the Los Angeles Rams. 
And the Rams, man, they got better this offseason. Oh, my goodness. They added Marcus Peters, Akib Talib, Sam Shields, and Dominican Sue. The Rams' defense is absolutely scary. They have a good receiving core. They have a good running back. And they have Jared Goff. And I don't love Jared Goff, but I like Jared Goff. I like him. I don't love him. But however, <laughs> the Rams have Sean McVay. Sean McVay is a genius offensive coach. And if you remember, once upon a time, John Gruden won a Super Bowl with Rob Johnson. If Gruden can win a Super Bowl with Rob Johnson, you have... I, I don't know how you cannot believe that Sean McVay can win a, not win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Sean McVay can absolutely elevate Jared Goff enough to win a Super Bowl. I like Jared Goff. I don't love Jared Goff, but Jared Goff can win you a Super Bowl. My third best team in the NFL right now is the Minnesota Vikings. All the Vikings were missing was a quarterback. They had Case Keenum last year. They added Kirk Cousins. I don't know how you... I don't know. If Kirk Cousins can't win with the Vikings roster... He cannot win in the NFL, period. I would give up on him. So the Vikings have one of the best rosters in football. I like their head coach, Mike Zimmer. I think the Vikings are really a, one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. My fourth best team in the NFL is the New England Patriots. And I, I want to point out, I put the Patriots above the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that was intentional. That was on purpose. Historically, the Patriots own the Steelers. Year in, year out, the Patriots have a knack for beating the Steelers. The Patriots are my favorite in the AFC. They have Tom Brady. They have Bill Belichick. I don't know how you can vote against them. I just don't know how you can believe. You know, I don't think Brady's going to pull it out this year. He does it every single year. He won the MVP last year. So, and, and all the issues between Brady and Belichick, they don't concern me. If you look at the draft... The Patriots doubled down on Tom Brady. They drafted to build around Tom Brady. They addressed the offensive line. They drafted Sony Michelle, the running back from Georgia. I believe the Patriots could make another run at the Super Bowl this year. I don't know that they can win it this year. I think an NFC team will win the Super Bowl. In fact, I think the Steelers, if they can get past the Patriots, have a better chance. But I believe the Patriots could end up in the Super Bowl once again this season. And that takes me to my fifth team. My fifth team is indeed the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, they have Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Fame quarterback. And if you even besides Big Ben, the Steelers have stars everywhere. Great receivers, a great running back, good players on defense, and again, the star quarterback. So I like Mike Tomlin, the head coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't love him. He's disorganized at times. But I will say this, man, if... Steelers can get past the New England Patriots. I believe the Steelers could win the Super Bowl. I want to point out the Jaguars. The Jaguars did beat the Steelers last year in the playoffs. And this is why I criticize Mike Tomlin. I believe the Steelers were caught looking ahead past the Jaguars to the Patriots. And a well-coached team does not overlook any opponent. And that is why I know Jaguars fans are like, what about the Jaguars? Well, I think the Jaguars kind of caught the Steelers napping. My sixth best team in the NFL is the Dallas Cowboys. Am I the only person in the world who believes in the Dallas Cowboys? I just, I don't understand. I, I, I think Dak Prescott will take a step forward. Dak Prescott will be better this year than he was last year. They have a great offensive line, a great running back, some really good defensive players, some key like strength at defense that I really like. I believe the Dallas Cowboys will surprise people. They are my sixth team. My seventh team in the NFL right now as of May 2018 is, in fact, the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> and I, I, I want to talk about Mark Ingram. So Mark Ingram was suspended for four games because of his use of PEDs. And, and if you look back in 2017, he had over 1,000 yards rushing. Mark Ingram had over 12 touchdowns. And I'm, I'm honestly, even though he was suspended for four games, I'm just not that concerned. Here are the first four games that the New Orleans Saints will play in 2017. They play the Buccaneers, they play the Browns, the Falcons, and the Giants. I think it's very possible that the Saints are going to come out of their first four games probably 3-1, three, three wins, one loss. And the benefit is, after the suspension, Mark Ingram is going to come back healthy, rested and fresh. They're going to have a fresh running back in week five of the NFL. They'll be the only team that can say that. 
I think actually the Saints are quite scary. I don't know that Mark Ingram's suspension hurts them. I think it might actually indeed help the New Orleans Saints. I, I don't know. I'm not concerned about the suspension. I think the Saints are a big, big team to contend with. Now, my eighth team in the NFL right now is the Atlanta Falcons. I want to make a point. I do not believe the Falcons can win a Super Bowl. I know that might be funny. I think the Saints are better. I think the Saints will win their division. And I believe the NFC is just completely stacked. I don't think the Falcons are the best team in the NFC. And you really got to be an amazing, incredible roster if you want to get out of the NFC into the Super Bowl. But I do all, all that being said, I like Matt Ryan. I really like that the Falcons drafted Calvin Ridley, the receiver out of Alabama. He's going to complement really well with Julio Jones. They have a good defense. I like Dan Quinn, the Falcons head coach. He was once upon a time, back in the good old days, he was the Seattle Seahawks defensive coordinator. I think, look, the Falcons are a force to reckon with. I just don't think they can win the Super Bowl. Now, the Jaguars. My ninth team in the NFL, my ninth overall team is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I want to point out, so the Packers are number 10 on the list. And the reason why the Jaguars are ahead of the Packers is the Jaguars have a better roster. The problem is, I don't believe in Blake Bortles. I would like to. I think Blake Bortles is a good guy. I root for him often. I was excited when he beat the Steelers last year. But I think I want it. I, I just, I need to see Blake Bortles improve in big moments before I'm willing to believe in the Jaguars as a serious Super Bowl contender. Until Blake Bortles takes another step forward, I just can't believe, I can't buy the Jaguars. Now, the Packers are my number 10 team on the list. The only reason the Packers are here is because of Aaron Rodgers. Like, let's be honest. Aaron Rodgers might be the greatest quarterback ever to play in the NFL. That's it. That's why the Packers are on this list. I mean, look, I know the Packers improved their defense, but let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers is the reason we are talking about the Green Bay Packers, not their defense. It's all about Aaron Rodgers. Can Aaron Rodgers carry them to a Super Bowl? I believe he could. I think he's that good. Now, some notable exclusions from the list. That was my top 10. My top 10 again in order. I'll read them to you. Number one was the Eagles. Number two was the Rams. Number three was the Vikings. Four were the New England Patriots. My fifth team was the Steelers. Sixth team was the Cowboys. Seventh, New Orleans Saints. Eight, the Atlanta Falcons. Nine, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And 10, Green Bay Packers, who are led by Aaron Rodgers. Now, there are three teams I left off the list. Might make people angry. Hey, screw it. I don't really care. The first team I want to talk about that I decided to leave off the list was the Carolina Panthers. I, I finally figured out a way to explain why I don't believe in the Carolina Panthers. I believe every great quarterback has three traits. Leadership, work ethic, and poise in big moments. I don't know that their quarterback, Cam Newton, has even two of those three things. I certainly do not believe that Cam Newton is a great, is a great leader. I just, I don't buy it. It might make people angry, but that's the truth. I just don't believe in Cam Newton's leadership ability. I do not believe Cam Newton can win a Super Bowl. I'm not going to put that team in my top 10. The 49ers. The 49ers, I like the 49ers a lot, but they're not a top 10 team in the NFL just yet. I think they're still two years away from probably having a chance at a Super Bowl. So I like the 49ers. I love them. I think they're going to be really good this year, but I think they're still really two years away realistically. Now, my, my third team I decided to leave off of the top 10. This is probably the one I feel the most broken up about. The one I feel the most guilty about is the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are fantastic. They have a really good roster. They have a good quarterback. Uh, and it was really, really close. I, I didn't know. it was. They were a fringe team. I mean, I just they were so close to being on the list. However, I just will believe it when I see it. Right? I, we always talk about, oh, the Chargers this, the Chargers that. And um, until I see some proof... I see some evidence that the Chargers might be a top 10 team in the NFL. I'm not going to put them on the list. But look, early in the season, we could see them move up into the top 10. That's very possible. So I want to see the Chargers earn it, but they could be a top 10 team in the NFL. They're just right on that fringe. And that's my top 10 teams in the NFL. That might make you angry. I don't know, but I'm curious. I think 
Worst case, it was an interesting topic. And that's the point of the show. The point of the show is to ultimately be interesting. <clears throat> right, I'm going to take a short break in just a minute. But before I take a break, I want to clarify something. LeBron James is not definitive, definitively better than. He's not absolutely for sure 100% better than Michael Jordan. I don't think it's possible that you can say, I, I can't say the word definitively. I think it's funny. I don't think you can say LeBron James is absolutely the GOAT. You can't say LeBron James is absolutely the greatest player of all time in the NBA. I think that honestly still is Michael Jordan. And until it's very clear, very obvious, and you can say without the benefit of a doubt that LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan, I'm not ready to give the title to LeBron. LeBron James should have to pass every single criticism you can come up with. You should be able to throw everything at him, and he should be able to pass with flying colors. Right now, LeBron James does not pass every single criticism you could come up with. And I, I just, until then, you can't, you can't say LeBron James is the GOAT. He just can't. Now, his career isn't over. LeBron James has time to change that perception. But right now, I mean, LeBron James, he's going to have to win a lot more championships at the very least, at the very least, win more championships. Um, I, I'm still, I, I'm just not really ready to say LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. I, I don't think it's even really close. I mean, truth is, Michael Jordan has six championships. LeBron James has three. And that, that matters to me. It does. So LeBron James, he has more time left. We will see what happens. But by no means is it, it's not even close to clear. Until it's crystal clear... Oh, clearly LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. I'm going to always give the benefit of the doubt to Michael Jordan. I want to be like Mike. He is right now. He's the greatest basketball player of all time. That's my opinion. I don't, I don't think it's too controversial. I think a lot of people actually will agree with me, but that's how I feel about that. I, want, I didn't clarify that yesterday. I wanted to do that, make that crystal clear today. So I'm going to take a short break when I return. We're going to talk about why I believe the Dallas Cowboys should sign Dak Prescott to a long-term deal. We're going to talk about Josh Rosen a little bit. And later, we're going to talk about why I believe LeBron James should go to the Boston Celtics. Plus, Blake Bortles. And we're going to debunk Davis Webb. Oh, and one more thing. We're going to talk about my man, Big Ben Roethlisberger. I think he... I think he made a massive mistake, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube, as well as my best, most interesting clips. If you like Strong Opinion Sports, you can help me grow this channel by telling your friends about the show. Share it on Facebook, on Twitter, or on Instagram, whatever it is. If you want to help me grow Strong Opinion Sports, tell your friends about this show. My name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back and we are back I want to say this I believe I believe the Dallas Cowboys should sign Dak Prescott to a long-term deal right now and I know that's slightly controversial I know that sounds kind of crazy to hear but I, I do have a good argument for this and I want to make my case I believe the Cowboys should sign Dak Prescott to a long-term deal now overpay Dak Prescott pay Dak Prescott more than he's worth right now so that later down the road, you can actually save money and pay less for him. Overpay now so you can underpay Dak Prescott later. And this is a gamble. I, I do understand that. I, I acknowledge that. But you look around the league, Matt Ryan is getting paid $30 million a year. Jimmy Garoppolo is being paid bucket loads of money. Kirk Cousins getting paid all kinds of money. Money that the Dallas Cowboys, let's be honest, simply do not want to pay to Dak Prescott. And so Dak Prescott is now entering his third year in the NFL. And I believe Dak Prescott will improve. I believe Dak Prescott is going to take a step forward. And so I believe that the Cowboys should sign Dak Prescott now. 11 million, 14 million, something smaller than Tom Brady's making. And definitely not anywhere approaching what Matt Ryan makes. Sign him now. Make a gamble. So that later, because I think if Dak Prescott has a lot of success this year, his value will go up. His contract it will be worth even more money down the road. And so you want to sign him now. Buy low so you don't have to buy for a lot more later. I mean, if you look around at the Dallas Cowboys contract situation, 
Coming up soon, the Cowboys will have to sign Demarcus Lawrence, Zach Martin, David Irving, and Ezekiel Elliott. They're going to have to spend a lot of money to keep their stars around. And so I think you should sign Dak Prescott now for less than you will have to later. If you wait two, three years, he could have a lot of success and be worth, again, asking for $30 million, $29 million, You never know. Sign him now so that later down the road, when he's worth more, you can pay him much less than he's actually worth. I think that's actually a smarter business way to do it. And the, the one concern people will have with this, people will say this, well, what if Dak Prescott gets signed to a long-term deal and then simply doesn't work? What if we learn in year three, you know what, Dak Prescott is not the franchise quarterback we thought that he was. And I want to point out, well, uh, if Dak Prescott isn't your franchise quarterback, the Cowboys are kind of screwed anyways, right? I mean, it doesn't, the window to win Super Bowls only is going to last a few more years, and you're not going to be able to find a franchise quarterback between now and whenever whenever that window would close. Dak Prescott's your guy. You really got to commit to the Dak Prescott train. I mean, you Cowboys have to be either all in on Dak Prescott now or, or never, because you're not going to have time. See, the Cowboys, the sad truth is this. They're just too good to get a top draft pick. You look at the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors in the NBA, they could use a top draft pick. They really could use another big star that they could draft in the NBA draft, but they're just too good. They're never going to get a top draft pick because they're, they're too successful as a franchise. That's the same case with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys should simply commit to Dak Prescott now. Pay him, let, pay him more than he's worth now. So that when he improves his stock, he plays better. He will be, you'll be paying him less than he's actually worth. I think that's what I would do. That's the business decision I would make. I don't know. It might make you angry, maybe not. But I would pay Dak Prescott big money now. Okay, I remember in the NFL draft. I remember when the NFL draft was, everybody was looking at all these quarterbacks and kind of making their own decisions and analyzing everybody. And there was concern about Josh Rosen. There was considerable concern about Josh Rosen because Josh Rosen comes from money. Josh Rosen was well off growing up. His parents were well off. And the rumors were, you know, Josh Rosen, he's interested in other things. I want to make a comparison for you guys. So growing up, my dad let me drink. He said, you know what? Not excessively, but my dad said, if you want alcohol, I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to let you taste it. And this helped me. This made me learn a lot. Because I, I, if I was ever curious, if I ever wanted alcohol, I had access to it. And so when I went off to college, and frankly, when I turned 21, there was alcohol everywhere. I had access to alcohol now all the time. And I watched all kinds of kids go crazy. Kids couldn't handle themselves. They'd never been around alcohol. They didn't know how to deal with it. For me, I was unfazed. I'd been around it. I knew how to handle it. I knew how to not go overboard. And I think we'll see a similar effect with Josh Rosen entering the NFL draft. Because who would you want to pay millions of dollars? See, the guy I want to pay millions of dollars is the guy who's been around money and knows how to handle it. And that, that is Josh Rosen. Let's be very honest. See, the last thing you want to do is give a guy a bunch of money and then he's completely overwhelmed and doesn't know how to handle it. That, that's my biggest fear. That sounds, quite frankly, like Johnny Manziel. That's not what I want. And I think Josh Rosen absolutely is not that guy. Josh Rosen's been around money. He knows how to handle it. And he can focus on football. I think it was interesting. The other day, Josh Rosen signed his rookie contract. And Josh Rosen was the first quarterback to sign his rookie contract. Of this, of this entire draft process, Josh Rosen was the first one to sign on the dotted line. And this shocked his team, the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals were like, we've never had a rookie come in and be that easy to deal with. I think it's pretty clear. Josh Rosen doesn't care about the money. Josh Rosen simply wants to play football. He's here for football. He cares about football. Money's just an afterthought for Josh Rosen. I don't know that this is relevant to football. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I just thought it was an interesting wrinkle that no one was talking about that. You know, maybe it's actually a strength that Josh Rosen has been around money before in his life. No one was talking about that. I thought it was a worthy I thought it was a perspective worth sharing because no one else had that in the media right now. Okay, um, <clears throat> you know this, I know this, everybody knows this. Actions have consequences. 
I, I kind of have this theory in life. Do whatever you want. You know, you want to speed? You want to cheat on your girlfriend? Go ahead, man. Do whatever you want. But as long as you're willing to deal with the consequences. If you're going to speed, if you're going to go 80 and a 60, don't get mad when you get a speeding ticket. Don't get mad when you cheat on your girlfriend and she breaks up with you. It's just, you know what? If you're going to do stuff, you got to be willing to handle the consequences of your actions. So I want to talk about an action that Ben Roethlisberger made. And, and hey, be careful. I'm not going there. Ben Roethlisberger threatened to retire. A couple years ago, last couple of off seasons, Ben Roethlisberger said, you know what? I'm not that happy. I, you know, maybe I'll just hang it up. And the consequence of that action, the consequence of Ben Roethlisberger talking about retirement was that the Steelers drafted Mason Rudolph in the third round. And Big Ben was all upset. Big Ben's like, how could you do this? We should have used our third round draft pick to get another guy who could help me win a Super Bowl. Uh, ben, buddy, uh, you <laughs> remember when you talked about retiring? When you do that, there's consequences to that action. The team has to prepare for life without you. And so I just think it's funny that <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger is such a hypocrite here. He talked about retiring and then said, you're preparing for my retirement? Yeah, of course. That's what you do when someone tells you you might retire soon. And I just think it's silly. I think it's Ben Roethlisberger doesn't seem like he could handle the consequences of his actions. And that's the truth. Ben Roethlisberger talked about retiring. The Steelers go, oh, crap. We got to prepare for life without him. And they drafted Mason Rudolph, which I, I think was a great draft pick. I liked it. I really love the direction the Steelers are headed in right now, actually. I just think it's great. Um, I don't know. I think... I think Ben Roethlisberger will be fine. Him and Mason Rudolph, they're going to get along good enough. I mean, it's it's not Big Ben's job to teach Mason Rudolph how to play the game. I think they're going to get along just fine. I think Mason Rudolph is going to be better for his interaction with Big Ben. Just being able to watch and watch how he does things, emulate him. I think it's very similar to when Brett Favre had to deal with Aaron Rodgers, his backup. Aaron Rodgers benefited significantly from sitting behind Brett Favre, and I believe Mason Rudolph is going to significantly benefit from sitting behind Big Ben. But I just think it's funny, man. Big Ben talked about retiring. And then when the Steelers made actions and made decisions that reflected that, he got mad at them. It's like, well, you kind of you can't have both, man. You either are or you aren't, and pick one, pick a side, and live with the consequences. And I don't think Ben Roethlisberger was able to handle the consequences of his actions. All right. I'm going to take another short break. When I return, I want to talk about LeBron James, and I believe he's going to go to the Boston Celtics. I'm going to tell you why I believe he should go. I don't know that he's go How about this? I don't know that LeBron James is going to go to the Boston Celtics, but if I was LeBron James, that's where I would go. I'll tell you why in just a minute. And I want to see Blake Bortles improve. I like Blake Bortles. I think he's a, a quarterback... He's hard to root against. Like, I don't know how you can hate. I, a lot of people do. I, I, it's it's understandable to me why people would hate Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler's pouty. He looks upset. He looks angry. A lot of people hate Blake Bortles, and I just don't understand why. So I'm going to tell you what I want to see from Blake Bortles in this coming year because I am rooting for him. I hope he succeeds. And then I'm going to talk about Davis Webb. I get all these comments about Davis Webb. This segment will be called Debunking Davis Webb. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube as well as my best, most interesting clips. If you like Strong Opinion Sports as much as I do, help me grow this podcast by telling your friends about this show. My name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. So I had, a, I had a really great conversation with my dad today. We talked about LeBron James, and uh, I I, I kind of got to process things with him. I got to share my opinions, and we talked openly and freely about where I believe LeBron James should really go next offseason, and I kind of came to this conclusion. I believe LeBron James should go to the Boston Celtics. I, I know that's maybe weird, maybe kind of controversial. I just... I believe the Boston Celtics really are the best place for LeBron James and the best place for his goals. Remember, I talked yesterday that LeBron James has to go somewhere where he can go and win championships. Not one, not two, a couple. He needs to, he needs to accumulate championships if he's going to ever be considered the greatest player of all time. 
and you look around at his options next year, you the Lakers, yeah, the Lakers are not bad. I mean, they're a big brand, but do you really think LeBron James with the Lakers could win a championship? I don't think they could beat the Golden State Warriors. And the Rockets, the Rockets are, are not an awful fit. I think he could win some games. He might even win a championship there. But ultimately, I don't think LeBron James fits very well with Mark D'Antoni, the coach for the Houston Rockets. I just don't think it's a good fit. And so I believe LeBron James should go to the Boston Celtics. I think, so I want for someone to clarify, I think LeBron James and D'Antoni, LeBron James, sorry, D'Antoni does not compromise his system. And you need a coach that's willing to build around LeBron James, not just try to fit LeBron James into his system. And I don't know that, I don't know that Dan Tony would do that very well. Now, the reason why LeBron James needs to go to the Boston Celtics, first and foremost, is this. The Boston Celtics are ready and set up to win a championship even without LeBron James. The Celtics don't need LeBron James to possibly win a championship next year. They're that good. They could beat the Warriors next year. But then you add LeBron James to that mix. Oh, yeah. Like, they are. They're incredible. And the other reason for why LeBron James should go to the Boston Celtics. So he could win championships. But he's also going to get to play for Brad Stevens. I don't know that LeBron James particularly wants a great coach. Because if he did, he would have got one. But I know that we've never seen LeBron James with a really great, smart coach. And I think Brad Stevens is that rare guy. So Popovich is too domineering for LeBron James. He's never going to go play for the Spurs because he doesn't want to be dominated. But I believe LeBron James would respect Brad Stevens. And he knows that Brad Stevens would get the most out of LeBron James. And that is exactly what Brad Stevens would do. I think LeBron James could play till he's 38, 39 with Brad Stevens and still be winning championships because Brad Stevens would know how to get every ounce, every all the best value out of LeBron James. I think LeBron James could have a renaissance at the end of his career if he went to the Boston Celtics and played for Brad Stevens. It's pretty simple, too. You look around the league, the two biggest brands in the NBA are very clearly, and historically in basketball, the LA Lakers and the Boston Celtics. It would be such a joy to see LeBron James play in the garden with the Boston Celtics. Now, there are some concerns. One of the concerns when for people listening to this, they're saying, well, Kyrie Irving made a point to leave LeBron James. Why would LeBron James go follow him to Boston? Maybe, maybe that would be a problem, but I just think that's petty and silly. And I think when you're pursuing a championship, maybe, maybe not. I just don't believe there's a way that they don't put that past them. I certainly would hope not. Maybe it is enough. Maybe it is enough to keep LeBron James out of Boston. However, I will point out Kyrie Irving got injured multiple times last year before LeBron James. He was injured. He left LeBron James. He was injured even more. Maybe the Celtics would be willing to get to move on from Kyrie Irving if it meant they got to have LeBron James. You could still trade Kyrie Irving for another good star. And I, I just I don't think that it's impossible to say LeBron James having to deal with Kyrie Irving. I don't know that Kyrie Irving's a big enough thing to stop LeBron James from coming to Boston. Here's the main concern is finances. I don't know how the cap space would work with the Boston Celtics signing LeBron James, but I do know this. If I'm LeBron James, he won't do this, but this is what I would do. I would take a pay cut to go to Boston and win more championships. Look, LeBron James, he's almost a billionaire. He doesn't need the money. Take a couple million off. And have a chance to win a championship. At this point, it's all about legacy. LeBron James' legacy depends on how many more championships he wins. And in Boston, LeBron James would absolutely have more opportunities to win championships than anywhere else. Here's the biggest concern. Here's why LeBron James might not go to Brad Stevens. I said the big selling point was Brad Stevens. I said the Celtic, you know what I mean? The reason, another concern for why LeBron James may not go to the Boston Celtics is indeed Brad Stevens. He's a big selling point. He's he's what could get LeBron James to Boston. He's also what could keep LeBron James away from Boston. See, credit matters. And if LeBron James went and won two, three, maybe four championships with the Boston Celtics, Brad Stevens is going to get a ton of that credit, not LeBron James. And that could be a significant problem. 
However, I will point out this. I got into a discussion with a commenter today even about this. Michael Jordan won championships with Phil Jackson, and yet nobody says, oh, Jordan only won because of Phil Jackson. And I think the same logic could be used here. People always said, you know, in fact, someone even said Phil Jackson only won because of Michael Jordan. I would say this, well, no coach has ever won without a star player. But I don't know that if LeBron James won a bunch of championships with the Celtics, I don't think Brad Stevens would get all the credit. I think a lot of that would go to LeBron James because LeBron James still has to make it happen. LeBron James is on the court. For the same reason, people don't say, well, Phil Jackson, Kobe Bryant only won because of Phil Jackson. People don't say LeBron James, Michael Jordan only won because of Phil Jackson. You never say only the coach won a championship. We often give credit to the players, and that is why I believe LeBron James, even working with Brad Stevens, even the possibility of Brad Stevens getting a lot more credit, that might not be enough if I'm LeBron James to deter me from the Boston Celtics. Now, I don't think there's a way, I don't think there's even a chance LeBron James goes to Boston, but that's what I want. If I'm LeBron James, if it's me, I'm not him, he's not me, but if it, if I was LeBron James, I would go to the Boston Celtics. <clears throat> I want to ask you guys a question. What is between what stands between the Jacksonville Jaguars and them winning a Super Bowl? What what's what's the difference? What's what's stopping the Jaguars from winning a Super Bowl? It's Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles, the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, is the reason why I'm not ready to say the Jaguars can win a Super Bowl right now. Because let's be honest, the Jaguars have an unbelievable roster. They're so incredible. They're so good. And we saw, it was interesting, we saw the Jaguars commit to Blake Bortles in the offseason. They could have made a run at Lamar Jackson. They did not. They didn't go pursue one of the top quarterbacks. The Jaguars said, Blake Bortles is our guy. We're going to commit to him. And I know they drafted Tanner Lee. That doesn't count. So I'm rooting for Blake Bortles, and I think it's interesting. A lot of people hate Blake Bortles, like, often, and I just don't understand. It'd be one thing if you didn't like him or didn't believe in him. One thing to not believe in Blake Bortles is another thing to hate Blake Bortles. See, I understood why people didn't like Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, you see him on the sidelines. He's pouty. He doesn't look happy. He looks angry. Like I get why people didn't like Jay Cutler. But Blake Bortles doesn't have any of that. And I'm actually rooting for Blake Bortles. And I want to look for a couple things because I really want to see Blake Bortles improve. This is what I want to see from Blake Bortles. And if Blake Bortles can show me this, then I will say, okay, maybe he can win a Super Bowl. I want to see Blake Bortles have more poise in big moments. When the bright lights are on, in the fourth quarter, when it matters most, all the pressure's on. I want to see Blake Bortles Make it happen. There was a big moment last year against the Patriots. Tom Brady versus Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles had a chance late in the Patriots game to make a drive happen, and he didn't. I think he went three and out. And that's where I need to see improvement from Blake Bortles. And if I see improvement from Blake Bortles late in big games, then I'll be ready to give him credit. Then I'll be ready to believe in him. But until we get that, I'm simply not ready, and I will not be ready to believe in Blake Bortles. We need to see Blake Bortles improve late in games and in big moments. Until then, I will not believe in Blake Bortles and his chances of winning a Super Bowl. <clears throat> Man. So I get, I get this comment all the time. It's, it's, a, it's a silly one. It's a frustrating one. Giants fans hate me, first of all. Giants fans are so angry. <laughs> they Because I criticize the Giants for drafting Saquon Barkley rather than Sam Darnold, Giants fans absolutely hate me. They leave all kinds of hateful comments. But the ones that puzzle me the most, here's what really surprises me is when Giants fans say this. Giants fans say, Davis Webb. Davis Webb is our future starting quarterback. Not Kyle Lalletta. Davis Webb is our guy. I just don't, I don't understand that one. Like, I don't understand that at all. Fundamentally, I don't understand where they're coming from. It doesn't make any sense to me. How is Davis Webb the future of the New York Giants? That's so silly to me. Davis Webb is not your future. Might I, so I want to I debunk that. I want to go deep into, here's why Davis Webb is not the future of the Giants. There's two very simple reasons. I don't know why anyone would even have the audacity to argue in favor of Davis Webb. 
first of all, if Davis Webb is so great, how come when the New York Giants benched Eli Manning last year, they didn't put in Davis Webb? <laughs> See, when Eli Manning was benched last year, the Giants put in Geno Smith. They didn't even go to Davis Webb because Davis Webb wasn't the option. They didn't even believe in Davis Webb enough to play him when he was, when Eli Manning was benched. The Giants don't believe in Davis Webb. He's not the next guy. And here's further proof. If Davis Webb really is so great, if Davis Webb really is the future of the Giants, then why did the Giants draft Kyle Lalletta? Two Two simple reasons. I understand. Here's what I get. I get when people say Kyle Lalletta is the future of the Giants. What I will never understand is when people say, because I, I don't think Kyle Lalletta is either, but at least that makes sense. It doesn't even make sense to argue that Davis Webb is the future of the Giants. When they benched Eli, they didn't go to him and they drafted another quarterback because Davis Webb wasn't good enough. Maybe Davis Webb is a serviceable backup, but he is not at all. It's completely illogical to believe Davis Webb is the future of the New York Giants. Please come up with a better argument. That is just wrong, wrong, wrong. I don't I don't understand you guys. Like, where are you coming from? Please, for the love of God, tell me. At least Kyle Lalletta makes sense. I don't believe in Kyle Lalletta, but that one at least makes sense. So please come up with a better argument for why you hate me and why you think I'm wrong about the New York Giants for the love of God. All right, that's all I have, guys. Um, we're gonna do another podcast on Friday. It'll be it'll be a day in between. This will come out Thursday morning. You know, it, it is what it is. I'm doing my best. But uh, on on Friday, we're gonna dive deep into some comments because you guys left some really good, really thoughtful comments and uh, good ones, bad ones. I'm gonna re- react to all of them. It'll be really fun. So Friday's podcast is going to be quite a fun episode. A lot of comments, a lot of talking about what you guys have to say, and me reacting and sharing my thoughts to what you guys believe. Um, And then we're going to talk a little bit. I I have some other stuff prepared. I'm going to keep it under wraps. But uh, Friday's podcast should be really good. Thank you so much. I uh, I got a comment. Someone liked my new room. I don't understand why. I mean, it's just me on a, a beige screen. But hey, whatever. Someone's happy. Someone liked it. I'm glad people like the room. I'm glad people don't miss the gray wall. I don't miss the gray wall. You don't miss the gray wall. Nobody seems to miss the gray wall being behind me. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys. My name is Zach Schaumer. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube as well as my best, most interesting clips. If you like Strong Opinion Sports as much as I do, help me grow this channel by telling your friends about this show. Share it on Facebook, Share Strong Opinion Sports on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, whatever it is. Help me grow Strong Opinion Sports by telling your friends about this show. My name is Zach Schellner. That is all I have. I'm going to finish recording. I'm going to wrap up and uh, let everybody else in my house go to bed finally. So thank you so much. I hope you have a great day. I will see you again on Friday. Ba-dum-bum. Bam, we're done.